Hey, thanks for listening to A Certain Degree. This is an abridged version of my interview with Ethan Kennett. He's from the Boston area, but he came down here for music. And eventually he also found love. And then he returned to drawing and writing, but still in Florida, and also continued music, and he's still in love. He's a passionate guy, you'll see. Again, though, from Boston, so you have to deal with all of the sports team stuff. If you want the full interview, please visit toacertaindegree.com. Also, consider subscribing to this podcast wherever you subscribe to them. So I know a little bit about you from uh, from some of the interactions that we've had and some stuff online, but I don't know you all that well, so I want to learn a little more about you by playing a game, like a 20 questions game. Nice. I want you to react to things, not like a roar shark test. Don't just tell me the first thing that pops into your head. <laughs> Rutabaga. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, that'll be the answer to all of right, them, right. of course. Tentacle. And that's always correct. Nice. Now, I want you to say divide or conquer. Okay. Depending on if you're for something or against something. Divide if you're for it. Okay. Because nothing is more powerful than math. <laughs> okay. Nothing is more powerful than the divisions that bring us together. So divide is good. Conquer is bad. Right. Why do we want to conquer things? Right. Because divide equals good. I like how you did the division sign. I'm going to make really X for conquer. Conquer. Because, wow, that's okay. I'm oh, very visual. Well. I like it. I like it a lot. I hope. I hope we get to. I go. I get to keep that afterwards sure. as a piece of original yes. art. Yes, absolutely. I'll very nice. Okay. Divide or conquer. All right. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Divide or conquer. You're a uh, Florida transplant. You're mm-hmm. from the almost Great White North. Mm-hmm. So I'll just pretend you're Canadian like me for a second. The <laughs> yeah. beach. How do you feel Divide. about that? Yeah, I like the beach. I like the beaches here way better than in Florida, uh, Massachusetts. Than in Massachusetts. Oh, my goodness. Do it's, they have beaches there? They do. They do. And don't get me wrong. They're great and everything. We, like, here's the thing. You grow Aren't up. Aren't they just shark infested? Aren't they uh, just on, great whites? On the Cape. Everywhere? On the Cape. Or yeah. is there not a Cape beach? Yeah. Absolutely. Because I am unfamiliar. Walk me through all of the geography of the coastline of Massachusetts, starting at the very north where it borders up against, where does it border up against? New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Yeah, Maine, New Hampshire. Okay, let's go out. into this in detail. I think the I think the listeners are going to appreciate this. <laughs> I'm going to appreciate this. It's science class. Yeah. The ecosystem of Massachusetts. So coming down here, going to the beach was a completely different experience. Yeah. Um, so there are two major capes on the coast of Mass. There's the Cape, which is you know, Cape Cod. Yep. Shark Town Central. That is exactly, that's that's where they had the the you know, the attack earlier this year in that area. Um, and then Cape Ann, which is about 45 minutes north of Boston, that's where I grew up, Cape Ann. Now, Cape Ann is a little bit more, um, I, I, it's not as, like, directly out in the ocean, open. You know how you have the Cape, the Cape Cod has got this huge gulf, if you want to mm-hmm. call it that. Cape Ann doesn't have as much of that, so you don't see as many, I mean, sure, there's sharks up there, but you don't, we don't really see it. I mean, they, they prefer the colder water. And by the way, the, the water anywhere in the beaches up there is cold. Like, if you, so you're not going swimming all that. Oh, much. no. I mean, you are when you don't know any better. You know, that's you talk about things <laughs> when you, you haven't been in the, in the summer, Gulf Stream. Oh, yeah. We, well, when you talk about doing stuff in the summer, my, my mom and her best friend would, t- my mom's best friend is my best friend's mom, too, which is, you know, it was crazy. We met when we were six. So they'd take us to the beach. And so we didn't know any better. So, like, you know, it was freezing. But the beaches are all rocky as well, mm-hmm. so it's it's like the the complete opposite of what we have here. So, 
you'd have to be real careful. We'd always go in the tide pools and look for crabs and, you know, that kind of thing. But yeah, your, your feet would get all burned up and all the barnacles and stuff. So it's like, you didn't know you're a kid, right? So you're just like, oh, this is the beach. And then, you know, flash forward to 20 years later, I'm coming down to Florida and I'm like, oh, this is the beach. Oh, this yeah. is why people yeah. go to the beach. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is like a totally different thing. And the water was like, I couldn't believe it. The water was I'm like, wow, this is, I get it now. You know what I mean? So um, I haven't been back to the beaches up north in a, so long I don't remember. Really. Yeah, but, I can't imagine why you would go. Yeah, I mean, and there's also a lot of um, like kelp and seaweed and stuff on the mm-hmm. actual water. So when you're walking in, you feel like you're, wa- you don't like, what is in here with me? You know it's chunky. I mean? It's like it's yeah. like going into cold cereal. You, you, <laughs> it's yeah. actually cold, filled with kale and sadness. This part of the episode is brought to you by Visit Florida. <laughs> Visit Florida. The beaches are the best. Tiny houses, divide or conquer. How do you feel about that? Divide. Yeah. Divide. I think they're really interesting. You'd be into that? Yeah. You know, I'd love to try it. I'd love maybe do like um, like a little like uh, what do you call it? Airbnb on a vacation. Oh yeah, like just try it out yeah. for like a week or two. Um, because you know I've had it. My wife and I've had a house for like ten years now, and. You don't really know how much work goes into keeping a house until, uh, you know, you own it and you're like, oh, well, what are my standards? You know, when we right. got our house. I was out there mowing the lawn every week and oh, pride of ownership. And I grew up, you know, working and and that kind of thing. So, I, you know, I had standards of, oh, my house is supposed to be clean and 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 guest ready all the time. And 10 years later, I'm like. Let's go out. Don't come to my house. Don't, no, I'm not. working on it though. Yeah. We're we're trying to come back around where we have more people over and stuff. But did yeah. you did you feel like when you were looking? So you got married and then mm-hmm. you bought a house. Yeah. Did you feel like everyone was like, oh yeah, every all the homeowners that you knew were like, yeah, buy a house. It's great because they wanted you to share in their misery. Um, I don't think so. I wanted. I wasn't <laughs> going to be persuaded. I wanted it so bad that. Mainly because I wanted that freedom, you know, to have my own studio and my own space. Sure. And I, I, because I, apartment living was difficult for me because I could hear everything. Like, just because of being a musician and being that dialed in and, you know, all that stuff. It, it got to the point where I had to, like, wear earplugs or have TV on and a fan. And it's just, it was just... Oh, because of background noises oh, yeah. and stuff. It's just it drove me crazy. So, what is it about the tiny house thing that really appeals to you? Is it the simplification of yes. your life? Is yeah. it the you know get rid of because you have a house, so yeah. you're going to get stuff to fill up your house, possibly overfill it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the idea of uh, cutting everything out except the bare essentials, like. I have these. <laughs> so just bear related yeah, items. Yeah. So like claws a, and. Yes. Uh, pelt. Uh, I'd like the bear head. To, yeah. I want to wear it actually. Yep. Um, in the morning on the porch when I'm drinking my decaf. I, I just think that we have, we acquire so much stuff and, um, you know, not to get all Buddhist on you, but attachment, mm-hmm. you know, can create some suffering and stuff. So I don't know. I just think that like being able to go and say, I don't, I don't need all this stuff. Life is outside or life is your relationships with your friends and family. Go do that. Life is not things. And this is, this is 41 year old me talking, right? Sure. So sure. 20, 20 year old is me like, yeah, dude, I want a car. And I want all of this stuff. All this, I want this guitar and all that. You know, you grow up and you're just like, okay, yeah, that's great. But uh, you can't take it with you. 
So I like the idea of the wait, small stuff. Wait, you can't? I mean, I'm not paying for that. I want to be cremated. I, I'm not paying okay. for that kind of coffin. But you Here. want to be cremated with all your stuff, right? I think that's the <laughs> that's no. the dream. The dream. That's that's the. Uh, do I have to have a pyramid for that too? So, from a as a Canadian, mm. so you should know this because you're from Massachusetts, mm. and so you're familiar with the uh, with people in the north. Uh, traditional Canadian funeral is I have to uh, lay in a town square, any town square, for a month. Mm. So somebody has to be in charge of this. So basically, by telling you this, I'm asking you to be in charge of. Uh, my funeral arrangements. Okay. Yeah. Uh, then cremated mm. with all of my possessions. And then I will have provided a list for you of the people of my enemies, ah. which you have to go track down and then throw some of those ashes in their face. I'm telling you, dude, you need to write a, write a screenplay about that. That's hilarious. What? No, that's just the traditional Canadian. Not many people know that. Because there's not too many traditional so, Canadians anymore. So is this the is this the ruse then? So Canadians are super nice until they die. Oh, until they die. Yeah. So and they save up all that oh, anger. You guys are brilliant. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd love to be part of it. Sure, man. Okay. Well, I really appreciate that. Just yeah. by uh, yeah, by know. saying yes, you yeah. are legally obligated now. Yeah. So absolutely. start looking for a town square now, because I, honestly, I don't know how much longer I'm going to last. <laughs> I've been so nice for so long. We everybody, could, everybody knows that. No, we could take, we could do like a a pyre and, and just roll you down on, on a wagon uh, down Park Ave, and and you know it seems healthy. An effigy or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, that's not an effigy. That's oh, that's, cool. that's me. That's me <laughs> on that thing. Nice. This episode is being brought to you by Pet Spionage. Maybe it seems that your dog, cat, pygmy goat, fish, or other companion is fond of you. Well, now you can know for sure with Petspionage. We simply place hundreds of hidden cameras in your house and around your yard, looking for evidence of your pet's true feelings. Our crack team of animal whisperers analyze the body language and eye contact to see if they love you, or if you're just a future meal to them. In the case of cats, you're always a future meal. Petspionage, don't let sleeping dogs lie. Order at toacertaindegree.com. Yeah. Kennett Mills Kennett on WPRK. Kennett Mills and Kennett on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. That was pictures of matchstick men. Mm -hmm. I have one of the Kennets that was on this song. Indeed. In the studio today. Ethan Kennett is here. Good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to a certain degree. Uh, that was really cool. Yeah, it was, it was. Wow. So I'm sure you have questions. I don't want to just. Uh, yeah. So I okay. So this is a song you did with your dad. Yeah. And who's who's Mills on this? Uh, our friend Stuart Mills. He played the lead guitar. Okay. On that. Mm -hmm. And um, so, uh, have you always recorded with your dad? Is that something you've done? It's only is it a recent. It's re event? it's recent within I would say the last last ten years or five okay. eh, ten years I suppose. Um, so when I was a kid, uh, you know my dad and I would jam down in the basement because I play drums, right? And dad, dad plays 12 guitar, uh, twelve string guitar and keyboards and sings and all that. So my father was in bands and so he still had all his gear. So when I was down, you know, I'd play and learn my own stuff and whatever was popular at the time. And then dad would come down and we'd play songs from the times, the bands he'd played in, mm -hmm. cover songs, all of that. And then uh, once I got into become you know being a recording engineer myself um it was just bound to happen at that point you know so um you know we have a studio at the house so 
It was just a matter of, hey, what songs do you want to do? And, and so it was, it was a really, really great way to bond. My dad's name is Peter. Um, and so it, it took a little while to kind of figure out what so- tracks we're going to do. And then uh, my, you know, our, our friend Stuart came down from Atlanta and to the studio and we did uh, a couple songs there. And yeah, it's just a matter of like Status Quo is a really cool band. And that song is a, it's actually been covered by a few different Aussie typo negative to name sure. a few. Uh, Camper Van Beethoven, I think. But anyway, it's a great song. And the song itself was written, was is a really strange arrangement for the time. And it's still kind of a strange arrangement, which is why... Estrangement, yeah, yeah, strange, yeah. strangement. It was why we liked it so much because it was such a different kind of tune. So, yeah. was the organ in the original? No, see, my my dad is a huge organ fan. Is huge. he really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Does he like the Hammond B three? Oh, he loves the Hammond. Yeah, B3. that's my favorite. Yeah, he, lo- he My father's very well versed in like pipe organs. And, sure. And um, you know, I have I've my my family on both sides is pretty musical. I have an uncle that was is a professional pianist keyboard player and he i'm so a, glad we're best friends yeah, yeah. yes i want absolutely. to meet your dad and talk dad, to him oh about my dad's awesome and yeah. mb3s for like six hours yeah so that song uh, we did that it was great to be able to record with my dad it was a great bonding moment and so we finally put it out it came out today so if you want that you just just google search uh kennett mills and kennett and we did that song and we also did a song by the birds mm-hmm. which is called uh, i feel a whole lot better when you're gone which was written by uh, Mr. Roger McGuinn, who I believe is either local or very close to local here in Florida, in mm-hmm. Orlando. Yeah. So um, I want to try to tweet him and say, "Hey, check this out. Get 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 the nod from. Thinks. I want to get the nod from the masters. So oh, makes sense. But yeah. So that's that's it. That's that's the new that's the new stuff. And then you know I'll probably keep writing for fun or whatever. But you know. So your focus, yeah. So your focus isn't really music. It's fun. It's something yeah. you're still doing. It's something you tried out. It's a hobby you, now. If you missed any of the show, yeah. we talked a little bit about your musical journey. Uh, but let's go back and talk about comics for a second. Mm-hmm. So that was something you were passionate about as a kid. Uh, you kind of put that on hold while you pursued a music mm-hmm. career for a while. Yeah. And now you're back on comics. Uh, so I was reading, I think, somewhere where it was a trip to Megacon here in Orlando yep. that kind of turned you back on to it. Yep, I, when uh, did that happen? Uh, well, that was 17, so last year. Okay. So it was last May, so May of 17. Um, a friend of mine at work uh, saw me doodling, and at one point he was like, oh, can you draw me like like this? And so I, I drew it for him and, and whatever, and he was like really stoked about it. So we I, come to find out he was into comics. I didn't know he was into comics. This is a guy I spent like every, he was one of my best friends, still is one of my <laughs> best friends. So we spent all this time together and you never find out that someone's like totally into comics and bonding. So anyway, he, he was like, you should go to Megacon. I'm like, oh, I don't know, you know, whatever. I was all like dragging my feet. Anyway, he- How he, come? Wait, I, why were you dragging your feet? Because it seems I, like it'd be something right up your alley. I don't know if it's, you know, this is going to sound really funny, but- I don't like massive amounts of people, crowds sure. and stuff, yep. despite the fact that, you know, being playing shows and being around concerts I don't have a problem. Like that. Yeah. yeah, I don't have a problem, uh, you know, being around people and that's fine. But I was just like, I didn't know what to expect. And I'm like, well, whatever. And I'm, you know, I was so wrong. I was, he, he literally had to drag me to it, you know, and I'm like, okay, cool. And I had the best time and I made friends with artists that were there uh, it was like a life-changing thing. Well, obviously now, now, but it was a totally life-changing thing. Like I, when I left, I felt like I was walking an inch off the grounds. And I kind of knew, I'm like, wow, something's changed. Like I felt really energized and excited. And um, so 
fast forward uh, to I started drawing again. I went and got a bunch of comic paper and start getting yep. my chops back. I went onto the garage and broke out all my comics, which I hadn't seen in since college, probably. Yeah. Uh, my art stuff. I broke, took all that out of the garage and was like reliving all of that stuff. And was it going back to, to Megacon? Was it seeing sort of the independent artists there? Was it seeing people drawing? Was it seeing people like it was, they were obviously passionate about what they did. It, it was that, but it was also a sense of feeling like I belong somewhere. Oh, okay. Uh, it was all that. Like I met yeah. great, all everyone, like I said before, everyone I've met in comics is super nice. There were all fans, you know, of comics in general. And, there, you know, sure, just like anything else, there's going to be a couple of bad apples here and there, but I've never met them, and, you know, I don't, whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I don't think I've got the amount of acceptance um, and sort of support and love for the genre or whatever the, the kind of thing it is anywhere else. And that's not a dig on music. It's just... Music is, I, I think everybody kind of looks at it and goes, yeah, that's probably a little more competitive. I would say it's more competitive, but see, 40-year-old me versus 20-year-old me, you know, Mercy Drive's 14 years old, so I'm very different situation now. But, you know, um, and even part of the wave is eight, eight, 10 years old now. Yeah. Jeez. So um, I think being competitive in the arts is the wrong way to go. But 100%. when I was a young man, I was very competitive. That's what you knew, yeah. Super driven, yeah. yeah. But now I, th I find much more peace as an artist and accepting that, like, look, there's going to be people that do something that draw better than you or, like, color better than you or whatever. But it, it, appreciate that, you know, and vice versa. Like, and I found freedom in that, Yeah, you know. So that's where I'm at now. I'm way more into, like, I'm happy to be part of a much bigger patchwork, you know. I don't need to be the best in anything Really, the only thing I care about in terms of comics is I just want to tell a good story. That's it. I, I want someone to be able to pick up one of my books and chill out for whatever, 15 minutes or whatever it is, and not think about the stress of their life. Mm -hmm. I just want them to be able to chill. And that's what I get out of comics. That's what I get out of reading, too. This episode is brought to you by Ice Pants. Are your trousers ready for a rise in temperature? A literal rise in the temperature of the earth, not the fun kind. It will be once you get a pair of ice pants. Similar to a regular pair of slacks, ice pants are lined with a space-age polymer that stays cold all day. Throw it in the freezer each night, ready to go in the morning. They come in a variety of styles, and so long as you don't iron them, you or your town won't be exposed to deadly radiation. Also, don't get them wet or feed them after midnight. Ice pants. Climate change? More like climate chic. Order at toacertaindegree.com. Ethan Kennett is here. Good morning, Ethan. Good morning. Musician, comic book artist and writer, mm -hmm. all around good guy. Uh, you're basically the perfect person to have for this next segment, which we call Bad Business Ideas. So thank you so much for being here for that. Thank you. Nice. Doesn't get Bad Business Ideas. It's time to be just one. Yes, bad business ideas, the decorative throw pillows of corporate America. 
Ethan, as I mentioned earlier, you've had several careers over the course of your life, mm -hmm. which makes you the perfect person for the segment. I need your insight, your expertise, your vivaciousness, and your panache. Mm. I need all of these things first to tell me what panache actually means and whether I used it in context. And then for you to pick the pitch, so out of the two that I'm going to give you, that is the most impressive that people will just throw money at, that we should go out there, and I mean we, should go out there and start telling people about. And if you want to throw your own money at it, you could can, with you either way. Take it, yeah. I, I'm not afraid to take money from you. <laughs> uh, you know, that whole don't take, don't take money from your friends. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah. How's that sound so far? Good. Great. Good. Ethan, and if you want to get right up. Oh, there we go. Uh, Ethan, may I call you Ethan? Of course. Great. Comic books, mm. are they the ultimate storytelling device? Mm. That's a tough one. That's correct. They are. People are often inspired by comics, by the stories and the characters, and sometimes they are the source for some pretty incredible product ideas. Oh, absolutely. What's great about them is they're recognizable. So if we go to market, people will know what we're selling. We just have to change the name because obviously they're probably trademark, copywritten, those <laughs> sorts of things. Sure. For example, Wonder Woman has the lasso of truth. Mm -hmm. So that becomes the rope of honesty. So we just soak it in truth serum. And when you tie someone up, it's absorbed through the victim's skin. Sorry, not victim, the person's uh -huh. skin. Uh -huh. Shouldn't say victim on the air. <laughs> Right? So, rope of honesty. Rope Batman's of utility honesty. belt. Mm -hmm. We can't do that. Mm -hmm. And frankly, I don't like all that stuff on my belt. Like when people put their phones on the outside, I just mm -hmm. think that looks weird. So, instead of that, uh, and frankly, listen, we don't need DC coming after us. They're working on 17 different Joker movies. True. So, they don't have, we don't want to distract them from that. True. We want all of those different Joker origin movies or whatever it is coming out. So instead of the utility belt, the convenience cummerbund. Plenty of compartments. <laughs> you yes. know, you got that battery in it with the different plugs. So you got both the Apple, like all of the Apple plugs, mm -hmm. all of the Samsung plugs, throwing knives, whatever you might need. Mm -hmm. Shark repellent. <laughs> that might be copyrighted as well, but we mm -hmm. should get some of that anyway. Uh, Wolverine. What is Wolverine's most iconic feature? Probably his adamantium bone. Right, his claws, obviously. His bones? Yeah, you can't so, even see them. No, they count. Okay, fine. But the claws. Sure. Uh, that could be heaven sent for chefs and home cooks. Retractable Ginsu knives that come out of your hands. So you just need to chop up an onion. You need mm. to chop up. You, you don't have to go get something. Mm. I assume they'd be self-cleaning as they go back into your... I was thinking about that. That's gross, actually, now that I think about Probably, that. Probably you're going to have to need that healing factor. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. So we'll add that as well. Let's go to one that's a little more realistic and timely because the holidays are coming up. Hulk brand stretchy pants. Oh, that sounds right? so good. Right? I kind of want some right now. Thanksgiving. Actually. I know sweatpants, but we could just brand Dude, it. Just yeah. purple colored yeah. Hulk brand stretchy pants. Okay, the last one from this comic wait, wait, inspired wait, 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 list. You can't just drop Hulk brand stretchy pants and move on. Are they going to be like capri pants, but for men? Oh, they will definitely be capri. Oh, I'm in. I'm so Yeah. Mad. But they'll be and they'll be purple and shredded. It's or? shredded at the bottom. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I'm so, in. so they don't look like capris. Yeah. So you don't uh, don't feel know. weird about wearing. Oh, I have them. no problem with that. Okay, <laughs> I have no problem being weird. All right, the last one out of these comic-inspired um, list of uh, products: uh, Groot plant food. 
So it combines radiation and some really radical gene splicing so that your trees end up talking mm. and probably become sentient and try to kill off the human race. But still, it's talking it, trees. It's an ent moot. Yes, for the modern exactly. Age. Exactly. So that's the first idea, taking okay. uh, the comic books, taking the iconic things that are in the comic books that we can translate into products and just doing that mm. and theming that. Uh, call it uh, super products, superhero products, something along those lines. Hmm. What do you think about that so far? I like it's a never-ending like source. No, I like it. I think it's great. Okay. I think it's great. No, hang on a second. Uh-oh. Hold on to all of your horses because oh. there's still a second idea. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Now let's turn to your other passion, music. Mm-hmm. So we did comics. Yes. Now we're on music. We're not getting any younger. True or false? Oh, very true. Yeah. What's the downside of going to a concert at this point in our lives? Is it a concert that I that I know the artist, or is it, sure, am I being concert. dragged to a concert? No, no, no. You're going to a concert you want to go to, but what are generally some of the downsides of concerts um, at this stage in our lives? Ah, man, I'm really well versed at going to shows, so like I'll, I have my spot that I go to, you know. So I would just say, if anybody gets hurt, that sucks to see. Like okay. in, the, in the early '90s, people were a lot more respectable with crowd surfing and whatnot. Now it's just like very common to see. Poor oh, people getting get pulled out on stretchers. And, oh, oh, it's terrible. That's awful. Well, for me, it's, you know, it's late. Mm. Typically, it's loud. It's crowded. Uh, it's not always well ventilated. Mm. Until now, mm-hmm. our new company, <laughs> Early Rave, will change the concert going experience for the better. The shows will start earlier. They'll start on time. We'll test the venue out and place you in the optimal position for how loud it's going to be or how loud you like it. Hmm. There'll be seating available, plenty of bathrooms. Maybe we combine that and put, you know, bathrooms on the concert floor just so they're more convenient. And you can listen at the same time. Oh, no. We're going to take the musical experience we love and turn them into something that works for us now. So early rave, get your concerts the way you like them now that you're a little bit older. I just, I just have, I have visions in my mind of someone in one of your, uh, Porta potties, sure. Crowd surfing in the porta potty with the door open. That would be, uh, uh, yeah, really bad. It's gonna be a health, okay. So let's take that issue. out. Another health issue. Let's take that out. Okay. So just the concerts for an aging population. Early Jeez. rave. Yeah, early rave. It could be. I like the sectioning. Like, hey, I want to sit down. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Well, I would like the, this concert to start at five p.m. Five p.m. Well. You know what's, have you ever noticed when you go see like a big band, they go on stage at like eight. That's, that's wonderful. As someone who's been, you know, played a few shows in this time. Yeah. I don't think I ever, I went on at, at eight, like eight thirty once in my life. You know what I mean? And then uh, most shows you don't go on stage until 11 or 12 or one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, we don't want that. That's why I was really wanted to be big time. I, I just wanted to play earlier. Does it sound you like know? I'm a grumpy old man? Like I need it earlier and... Because uh, you know. I do want to go to uh, dinner at the buffet beforehand. So that means you're going to be there at like 3 o'clock at the buffet, though. Yeah, I mean, it's dinner five. time at the buffet. It's dinner. Lunch and dinner. Yeah. Uh, you dinner, know, I, I 5 p.m., how bed by 8. Uh, well, okay. I guess I'm gonna to have to say yeah. I think we're old, man. Because I I can't I can't call you out for that because I like bed by eight because I get up at five every morning to work. You know. All right. So now, which one do you like better? 
early rave or the comic book inspired ideas? Strictly business. I think the comic book ideas well, are yeah, you're, safer. You're going to be throwing money at this. Oh, comic book ideas. Okay, sure. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. As much <laughs> as I love concerts and music and stuff, I just have there's so much liability. Yeah, I also think that we're not going to convince a lot of people to go on that much earlier. Yeah, nobody wants to be like, yeah, I'd really rather be in bed right now, but here I am. What? That's it? No, of course that's not it. There's the full interview on toacertaindegree.com. There are interviews with other great people there as well. There are a lot of artists, a lot of improvisers, some musicians, some entrepreneurs. What will you hear from them? Their story. For more on Ethan's story, please visit ethankennett.com. That's Kennett with a K and two N's and two T's and two E's for that matter. Uh, E-T-H-A-N-K-E-N-N-E-T-T.com. Follow him on the social medias as he self-publishes his comic book, that's an adventure where he's also dealing with animals in his studio, like unwelcome animals, snakes, for example. Not that there's anything wrong with snakes for you Slytherin folks out there. Thanks for listening. I will truly miss our little chats.